0: We all saw this coming, and Arizona State head coach Herm Edwards quote-unquote warned us. If the competition in any position is going to be a close one between a veteran player and a newcomer, the newcomer, or just the younger player, will be the one playing. Case in point, your new starting quarterback for the Sun Devils in the 2019 season, and the first ever true freshman in program history to be named the starting quarterback, is Jaden Daniels. Now, this is not the only reason why Jenny Daniels got the nod over his competition. So in this episode of the Devil's Junkies podcast, we will talk about the various aspects that led to Daniels naming as a starting signal caller for Arizona State and recap the week that was at Cam Tanazona. Myself and my staff were there all week in the pines near Payson, and there were definitely some other interesting storylines and observations that did come out out of those handful number of sessions. So without further ado, let's delve into it in our latest episode of the Devil Junkies podcast. I was living in a devil town.
1: I didn't
0: know it was a devil town. Oh, Lord. So a couple of days before the team took the trek up to Camp Ta'Nazona, we reported that there was a chance that Arizona State was ready to make their announcement on the starting quarterback a little sooner than expected, but that the end result was going to be the naming of true freshman Jaden Daniels. Granted, the decision now only took place after the team came back to Tempe, but the end result is still the same, Arizona State naming its first ever true freshman starting quarterback. So what are some of the reasons that led to this historic decision by the Arizona State coaches? Well, going back to the point that we made at the beginning of the podcast, that in Herm Edwards' eyes, and I don't think he's wrong for that at all, whether it's quarterback, punter, or cornerback, that if there is a a closer-than-expected competition between a veteran player, in this case Dylan Sterling Cole, and a newcomer, in this case Jaden Daniels, that the younger player should be given the benefit of the doubt and should play over the veteran. And I think this is especially true for the quarterback position because keep in mind that Sterling Cole's experience is head and shoulders above that of Jaden Daniels. And especially now playing for the same offensive coordinator that Arizona State had last year and Rob Likens in a system that is going to be very similar and certainly not foreign to somebody like Dylan Sterling Cole Common sense would tell you that somebody like Sterling Cole should have quite the advantage over any freshman, whether it's Jaden Daniels, Joey Yellen, or Ethan Long. Now, I don't know at this point if Dylan Sterling Cole is going to be named the number two quarterback over Joey Yellen, but we'll talk about that later in the podcast. But again, just going back to the, the competition that we all saw coming at the other spring practice between Sterling Cole and Daniels, you would really expect just from a experience factor, just from a been-there-done-that aspect, that Sterling Cole would have definitely the leg up, if you will, over somebody like Jaden Daniels. But that never materialized. It did not materialize in spring practice, and definitely did not materialize in fall camp. And the writing was on the wall, again, so early that even though Arizona State was planning only to name the starting quarterback, after Camp Zona, it ended up having serious talks about perhaps doing that before those five practices. But that told you right there, right then, that Jaden Daniels was able to open the gap quickly just in the first days of preseason practices back in Tempe. And with such a decisive advantage, maybe there's really nothing that Sterling Cole could have done differently in Camp Zona to... Close the gap, maybe even overtake Jaden Daniels. I'm not don't know if the coaching staff just felt that right after Camp Tana Zona was a natural break, for lack of a better term, increases in practices to make that announcement. Or maybe they thought that Jaden that Durland, Stirling, Cole as the veteran should be given one last opportunity to showcase what he can. Can do to possibly change the minds of the Arizona State coaching staff, which again I truly believe were already made up after just two, three preseason practices in Tempe. Truth be told, and I stated this months and months ago, really at the end of spring practice, to my premium subscribers at DevilsDigest.com, that Jaden Daniels would be given a much larger amount of benefit of the doubt compared to somebody like Dylan Sterling Cole, and that the junior would indeed have to play considerably better to really convince the coaching staff that he indeed should be the man named to starting quarterback. So I'm not saying Sterling Dillon Cole was working at a disadvantage, working against insurmountable odds to win that job, but at the end of the day, if we're being honest about this, just based on pure performance throughout right now just about the 10 first preseason practices, that Dylan Sterling Cole never did much at all to show that even if he was presumably neck and neck with Jaden Daniels at the end of spring practice, that he maintained that status throughout the first few preseason practices. So really, the writing was on the wall early, maybe even earlier than some thought it was, but Arizona State decided not to delay the inevitable. I know that technically they wanted to make a decision two weeks before the season opener, and here they are making it nearly two and a half weeks before their meeting with Kent State on August 29th. And again, I would still argue that the decision was really made much before that, maybe around August 2nd, before the team departed for Camp Arizona. But nonetheless, there really was no factor that would compel the Sun Devil coaching staff to wait any longer than they did, because. Whether it's the film room, whether it's just the quarterbacks, or whether it's just on the field in 7-7 and 11-11 segments, it was crystal clear who the best quarterback of the bunch is, and that is Jaden Daniels, which is why he is your starting quarterback for the 2019 season. I think another major factor to look at is really the scheme that Arizona State is going to run on offense. And people may forget that even with a fifth-year senior quarterback in Manny Wilkins in 2018 and a first-round NFL draft pick in Nikhil Harry, that Arizona State was still a team that ran the ball 55% of the time. And some may think that with an inexperienced quarterback, even if it was Dylan Sterling Cole, ultimately, that those percentages definitely would not decrease and perhaps might increase a few percentages points. So Arizona State does not need a quarterback who would be necessarily a gunslinger. They need a game manager. Sure, somebody that can make explosive plays when needed. But the ball security aspect of this offense, not that it's less important in any other given year, but especially when you have an all-senior starting offensive line and one of the best running backs in the nation, certainly best running back in the Pac-12 you know Benjamin, that your scheme would call for a quarterback that can protect the ball well, not put it in jeopardy, not throw careless interceptions or just make careless decisions in general, and somebody also who has to be extremely mobile, somebody who can really successfully combat the seven- and eight-man fronts that they may see on any given Saturday and still be able to keep their poise, not put your defense and really your entire team in tough situations that – will force you to be more one-dimensional with the pass. Arizona State is a team, again, with players such as Manny Wilkins and Nikhil Harry that only average 30 passing attempts per game. And this is a figure that Arizona State feels very comfortable with, even with such a talented quarterback as Jaden Daniels, even with a lot of proven upperclassmen at wide receiver. So when you talk about the ultimate goal of any coaching staff to really – adapt the scheme to their players, to put their players in the best position to succeed. Jaden Daniels, because of all the ball security traits that he exhibited, all the sound decision-making traits that he has exhibited in the spring and in preseason practice, and really displaying those traits at a much higher level of efficiency and success than the competition, those are some of the aspects and maybe the most important aspects that led him to winning the starting job in Tempe. So whether there was any intrigue concerning who's going to be named the starting quarterback or not, I guess that could be up for debate. I reported uh, to my premium subscribers several months ago that towards the end of the 2018 season, program sources were telling me that the next starting quarterback at Arizona State has not arrived in Tempe yet. Again, you can interpret that as maybe the cards being stacked against Dylan Sterling, Cole, but at the same time, He had a chance to beat out all three freshmen for that starting job. Definitely had some factors on his side, which for one reason or another, he did not utilize to his advantage. And when the coaches made that statement that the next starting quarterback has not arrived in Tempe yet, I also said there was no doubt in my mind that they're referring to Jaden Daniels. He was after all rated higher than the other two freshman quarterbacks as always. It's one thing to have the accolades, it's another to actually back them up, and I thought that in spring practice, really from the first week on, Jaden Daniels definitely showed that he can live up to those high expectations that he arrived with in Tempe, which is why he was named today as the starting quarterback for Arizona State. And now the question is, who will be Jaden Daniels' backup? Will it be Dylan Sterling, call the quarterback that he apparently did beat out for this role? And the reason I say apparently is Daniel's fellow true freshman signal caller, Joe Yellen, has made major strides in preseason practices, and I would even say that the latter half of spring practice already showed showed us some flashes of what Joe Yellen is capable of. And if somebody would come to me and contend that Joe Yellen should deserve to be the number two quarterback, that maybe J.D. Daniels, at the end of the day, really beat Joe Yellen for the starting job more than he did beat Dylan Sterling Cole, I wouldn't necessarily really argue that point because Dylan Sterling Cole had a very pedestrian Cam Tanizona, and Joe Yellen definitely showed more flashes than Dylan Sterling Cole did. Again, not enough flashes to overtake Jaden Daniels, who is the most consistent of the three. But Joey Allen is somebody who I can truly see being named the number two quarterback. Now, offensive coordinator Rob Likens said that he does not plan to name the number two quarterback on the same day that he named the starting quarterback. So that battle is still ongoing. And obviously, now the biggest question is does Dylan Sterling Cole? Stick around to see if he can beat out Joe Yellen for the number two quarterback and have a chance perhaps to supplant Jaden Daniels at the starter sometime during the 2019 season for whatever reason. That is right now a big unknown. Sure, there are rumors circulating that Dylan Stunacole and his camp are not happy at all with how this quarterback battle has materialized, or maybe even how it was shaped, going back to my earlier point, that the ASU coaches in 2018 truly believed that a true freshman would lead this offense in 2019, and they really had Jaden Daniels in mind when they made that statement. Now, I don't know if the ASU coaching staff thought that Joey Yellen would really be cemented at number three on the quarterback depth chart behind Sterling Cole, but the way Joe Yellen performed it in Campton Arizona, and I know he had a rough Saturday session, and it seems to never fail that in Campton Arizona, players such as Yellen, who played much better Tuesday through Friday, ultimately when the lights are on, so to speak, and now instead of having maybe a token fifty, a hundred fans in attendance at Campton Arizona, now you have a good. Two, 3,000 watching you, that you end up having your worst practice of the entire week. But there's no denying that Joey Yellen, at the end of Camp Campton, Arizona definitely had more positives than negatives on his ledger of plays, and that he is definitely in serious contention to be the backup quarterback for Arizona State. So maybe the only question remains now, does he just beat Sterling Cole to that job head to head, or does he win it by default, for lack of a better term, because Sterling Cole decided to leave the program? Now, I'm not ruling out Sterling Cole being the number two quarterback, but my gut feeling is that just as much as you can make the argument that. The framework of his competition maybe affected Sterling Cole because, look, if I'm sitting here telling you that I knew back in November of last year that the Arizona State coaching staff was definitely eyeing a true freshman to lead the offense in 2019, namely Jaden Daniels, that Sterling Cole was quite aware of that sentiment by the asu coaching staff i don't know if it affected him that much in the spring sure his spring practice wasn't as clean as Jaden daniels but definitely was not an abomination i don't know exactly if something happened between february and august but when the first practice session took place on july 31st to be exact sterling cole Seem to maybe not regress, but definitely not take that next step and better himself compared to spring practice. And really a big step that Jaden Daniels fully took and, as mentioned, really distance himself from Sterling Cole and the rest of the competition. So Arizona State does name its starting quarterback. The backup signal caller is to be determined. But what about the other storylines on the, this side of the ball? There were definitely plenty of those, and we'll talk about those next. So while some may say that Jaden Daniels being the starting quarterback for Arizona State was a given, one thing that was definitely unexpected concerning the ASU offense was the absence of senior offensive lineman Zach Robertson, who was slated to be the starting left tackle for the Sun Devils this year. Because of Zach Robertson's absence due to personal matters, because of the unclear timeline for his return to the team, if he does indeed rejoin his teammates at a later date. Cole Cabral, who was slated to be the starting center for Arizona State, the same Cole Cabral who is considered by some to be a top 10 center prospect for the 2020 draft, was now forced to move to left tackle, a position that granted he did assume a couple years ago for the Maroon and Gold, but also a position that He does not play as well as the center position. And he did prove that in 2019, he was certainly one of the best centers in the Pac-12. And again, someone who is already generating some interest among NFL scouts for next year's draft. So Cole Cabral's move to left tackle did now necessitate redshirt freshman Jared Bell, who was the heir apparent to Cole Cabral at the center position in the 2020 season to now just accelerate his schedule and be the starting center in 2019. If you expected that transition to be a rough one, you were definitely correct early on in preseason camp. The center quarterback exchanges were definitely a sore subject for the first few sessions. Sure, you can talk about having an inexperienced quarterback on top of having an inexperienced center, Of adding some fuel to the fire in that regard, but one way or another, the position that was in such great hands in someone like Cole Cabral has not become a huge question mark. Now, Jared Bale, after a few sessions, was rotating with senior Cade Cote, who really coming into the season was more slated to be the first man off the bench at either guard position and now was forced into action into being a center. Now, to be honest, Keikote is somebody who two, three years ago was actually playing some center, was penciled in to being a backup. Ultimately offensive line coach Dave Christensen, who assumed that role in 2018, decided that Keikote would be best better suited to be a guard, and Jared Bell who last year was a true freshman, should be groomed as the future center for the Sun Devils. But with uh, Bell's struggles and later on his injury, Kate Cote was getting more and more playing time at that vital role of Arizona State's front five. And right now, I would have to say that he should have the leg up over Jared Bell and be in the starting center when the Sun Devils open the season against Kent State. On August 29th overall this offensive line is certainly worse and not better without Zach Robertson Granted as one of the highest rated offensive linemen to arrive in Tempe in quite a while He definitely did not fulfill his expectations in his first three years of playing for Arizona State, but definitely showed enough promise in 2018 to think that he could definitely be a formidable left tackle and more importantly, keeping Coco Brawl at center, his more natural position, a position that he really thrived in quite a bit in 2018 and was poised in 2019 not only to be the starter, but perhaps establish himself as top center in Pac-12, maybe even one of the top five centers in the entire 2020 draft. Uh, Ironically, talking to... A couple NFL scouts that I know, they felt that Cole Cabral is really not hurting his stock that much by moving from center to left tackle unexpectedly, and that his position in the draft really should not be affected all that much because of this sudden position change very, very close to the beginning of the season. And time will tell if if that's true or not, and time will tell if Cole Cabral is able to play better at left tackle than he did back in 2017. And look, you are dealing with a veteran offensive lineman and easily the best offensive lineman that Arizona State has, period, at any position. To expect Cole Cabral to play left tackle at the high level that he played at center may be a little too much to ask. And you know maybe this is a prediction that comes true. Maybe this is a prediction that uh, blows, up, blows up in my face, if you will. But right now, Arizona State still will, probably will have an all-senior front five with Kate Cote being at center, which consequently paves the way for Roy Hemsley, who was battling Kate Cote for the starting right guard position, was running second team for the most part in preseason practices, and now, by default, if you will, is now going to be the starting right guard if Kate Cote does line up. As a starting center, I might be optimistic more than others that this offensive line maybe not play at the high level that the 2018 unit did play at, but maybe not falling all that far off either. When you have a running back of the caliber of you know Benjamin, then this is one extremely skillful player that can make the offensive line at times perhaps better than it really is. I think that run blocking is usually much easier. For offensive linemen to execute than pass blocking. So, going back to my earlier point of this offense, much like 2018, being skewed more to the running game. Again, to go over the numbers, 55% of the plays in 2018 were run plays. That's a percentage that definitely could go up two, three percentage points and ultimately can make an offensive line's life much, much easier, even with some. I don't want to say turmoil because that's probably too overdramatic of a term, but maybe some adjustments that were not expected to be made this close before the season opener that now have to be made. I think this offensive line, with its vast experience, can really settle down and play at a level that won't prevent the Sun Devils at minimum achieving a winning record. So, Again, having Zach Robertson is definitely a setback, but it's one that you're better off encountering at the beginning of preseason practices rather than in the middle. Let alone just days before a season opener. There's still time for this front five and one of the better position coaches on the entire team, and Dave Christensen to figure everything out. My prediction right now is that Kate Cote is going to be the starting center which is going to move Roy Hemsley to the right guard position. And Arizona State, while may not having their original all-senior offensive line lineup that they expected to have just a couple months ago, are still going to have five players with much experience and in a scheme that can really be conducive to their skills. So when discussing the offensive line, we talked about, you know, Benjamin, we talked about the running game. So let's expand on that aspect of the offense. You know, Benjamin himself has strung together a pretty solid sequence of preseason practices to date. The coach's intention to involve him more in the passing game, I feel has been successful It's something that was pretty evident from the first preseason session back on July 31st. And I think that in terms of those expanded duties if you will for the junior running back that things are going well in that department as far as running the ball he hasn't been getting all that many reps in practices obviously to preserve him for the long 2019 season that that lies ahead we know that this is a running back that was that tallied a school record of 300 carries I think we talked in one of the previous podcasts that there was only one running back in the NFL, Ezekiel Elliott, who had more carries than Eno Benjamin at uh, 305, and uh, that's playing four more games than the ASU junior. So the decrease in uh, the workload is something that we talked at length, I think the entire off season. and the ASU running backs coach, uh, Sean Aguano definitely wants to find that number two running back that can not only spell Benjamin when needed, but successfully spell and prevent that significant drop-off in production. Still a close battle here between Isaiah Floyd and A.J. Carter. I think Isaiah Floyd, between the two, has been more consistent in terms of his performance in the spring and performance in the 10 or so practices of the preseason. A.J. Carter is someone who... Not necessarily had a horrible spring, but I think definitely elevated his performance in in, in the preseason. So right now, that is a close contested battle. You look at the uh, number four running back, uh, Demetrius Flowers, and had to sit out quite a few practices in the spring and already a few sessions here in the preseason because of a nagging shoulder injury, which really dates back to his uh, senior year of high school, a campaign that he literally had to miss in its in its entirety because of a shoulder injury uh, back then. He still is a freshman. He gray-shirted uh, from the 2018 class, if you recall, so only enrolled in a Ryzen Tempe this past January, so still a very young player that has the time and room to grow, so really nothing in my eyes to be alarmed in terms of his mostly unavailability. In preseason practices today. So will be interesting to see how the number two running back race is shaping up. But, uh, you know, Benjamin, when he was out there doing the you know, Benjamin things that he does, so to speak, uh, has looked uh, great. Uh, definitely uh, somebody who looks already fully ready for the 2019 season. And as mentioned, in terms of being more involved in uh, catching the ball uh, from the backfield, I felt that that aspect, by and large, has been proved to be a successful one and an aspect that can be productive for the AAC offense in 2019. Next, we move on to tight ends. And believe it or not, there is quite a bit to talk about the position that normally gets the most overlooked, at least on this side of the ball. The fact that head coach from Edwards, midway through Campton Tanazona, was raving about the tight end group, was talking about wanting to employ... 13 personnel, in other words, one running back and three tight end, more and more in the offensive scheme, tells you all you need to know about the growth of this position. And I definitely believe there's a lot of merit to the narrative that Herm Edwards is putting out there concerning the tight end position. Senior Tommy Hudson comes back as the most experienced player in this position, and I felt that has had a solid string of preseason practices to date. Curtis Hodges, the converted uh, wide receiver it was uh, banged up a little to begin uh, camp Town Arizona, but once uh, he was in there and fully participating, showed uh, that at the end of the day, you cannot teach someone to be six seven to be a big target that's easy for an inexperienced quarterback to find time and time again over the middle. And really, I, what I like about Curtis Hodges is that. He's not the one-trick pony that he was from a couple years ago, only being utilized in fade routes. He really expanded his own uh, route tree, showing that he's able to be someone that has more in his toolbox than some may think he does and really is able to be quite the weapon in Arizona State's uh, passing game. And true freshman uh, Nolan Matthews uh, really has has come as advertised as a very skillful receiving tight end. Now, I think that both Curtis Hodges and Nolan Matthews uh, still can improve in terms of their blocking techniques, and obviously you don't want to be in a position where you put one or both players in there telegraphing to the defense that uh, they are not going to be blocking on that specific play, but rather uh, running into the flat or running to the middle of the field uh, to be be a receiver. So that's going to be an important aspect in their development to show that their blocking skills can close the gap between the receiving skills that they have. But both of them, I think, have showed a lot of promise and, again, have generated enough excitement in Herm Edwards' eyes to entertain the thought of having three tight ends on on the field at the same time. And somebody like Herm Edwards, that is definitely a run-first offense scheme type of coach, uh, having more tight ends rather than less on the field, uh, can only uh, help advance that theory, advance that philosophy, and make uh, the offense to be more more of a ball-controlled one, which with an inexperienced quarterback at the helm is uh, an aspect that cannot be minimized. So the bottom line, if you yearned for the tight ends to be a bigger part of Arizona State's passing game, I think your wish has finally come true. we really see the tight ends involved quite a bit, from the first session of preseason practices up until yesterday's session at Campton, Azona. So I think there's definitely genuine reason to be excited. I think the overall talent at this position is the best it's been in quite a while. I'd like to see the group as a whole be more depth in the blocking area, but in terms of being an integral part of the passing game I think that, finally, this is something that's not going to be just a preseason wish, but rather a in-season reality. Wrapping up our Camp T recap of the offense, discussing the wide receiver group. Really, from the veterans, I can't say that any of the three players that are slated to be the starters, Frank Darby, Kyle Williams, and Brandon ayuk had an outstanding Camptown Arizona from start to finish. Uh, sure, all of them had their moments. I know Frank Darby was was banged up for part of Campton Arizona, so his amount of plays probably even pales a comparison to his other two upperclassmen uh, teammates. Uh, Brandon, you definitely showed the most flashes out of the three, which which you would expect anyway. I think that not only making the uh, tough catches in the the shorter route uh, using a a more physical frame than he did last year. But even on the longer routes, which he became the go-to guy in Frank Darby's absence in many cases, uh, definitely showed that him and Janie Daniels surely have a nicely connection in that area. And that can be quite a weapon for for Arizona State's uh, passing game. I think the player that Really, I came away the most excited about is true freshman wide receiver Jordan Curley. At 6'2", is built, I think, uh, quite well for a freshman. Sure, probably should add more on his frame down the road and get closer to 200. But I heard time and time again and watching his film, it came out quite easily in terms of a skill set that's apparent. And that is his route, route running, his technique and mechanics, just from a pure wide receiver standpoint. And that arsenal of skills that was quite on display in his high school days is definitely translating over here to the college level. I just feel that overall, he's at times really hard for a pretty good Arizona State secondary to stop just because he executed a... Executes, I'm sorry, his assignments so well with um, his discipline, with his football IQ, and easily right now, and we'll talk about this a little later as far as a comprehensive list of true freshmen that are surely not going to redshirt this year, but he is definitely one of those newcomers at the top of that list. Uh, If not starting, and he probably won't start when the season does begin, he is definitely going to be in the mix early and often in Arizona State's uh, passing game. And I feel that could end up being one of the biggest steals of this of, of this 2019 class. And really somebody that position coach Charlie Fisher has raved about uh, quite a bit. Uh, it's one thing uh, to get accolades time and time again for a position coach. It's another to show him that early in preseason practices and Jordan Curley has done exactly that. So if you're looking for some... Freshman to be generally excited about this early in the preseason I think uh, Jordan Curley is definitely one name that should be uh, on that list. I liked what uh, Ricky uh, Purcell the local uh, wide receiver from Tempe Coronado, del Sol uh, showed at times I think probably making more of an impact at special teams and Maybe not always, always as a returner, but maybe just as a member of the special teams, and that could cause him to avoid a redshirt, if you will. And another uh, freshman that uh, did impress with limited reps that he got mostly on the second team is Andre Johnson, another local wide receiver. Johnson being from Tullison High School in the West Valley, somebody that actually in comparison to Paracel did see more reps on on the first team than, than his local teammate, and He's a wide receiver that, if you recall, was scheduled to be a gray shirt recruit. In other words, only enroll at Arizona State in January of 2020 and count towards the 2020 recruiting class. Well, Andre Johnson still counts towards the 2020 recruiting class, but this time he's doing it as a blue shirt. Uh, Just as a quick reminder, a blue shirt recruit is someone who did not take an official visit to the school of his choice. And did not receive an in-home visit from the school's coaches. So because Andre Johnson was able to satisfy those requirements, because scholarship numbers, it did work out for him to actually be on the team right here, right now. He did uh, get an opportunity to participate in preseason practices. And uh, so far, I think uh, definitely has been one of the more impressive newcomers overall on the team and somebody that I'm curious to see can have a chance of avoiding a retro season and really establish himself in the two deep. A player that I really didn't know what to expect from going into 2019 just because of his history of injuries is Ryan Newsom. And I felt that the, the senior actually did quite well in preseason practices, maybe one of the more pleasant surprises so far in August. And somebody who I feel can be a valuable um, asset, uh, being the backup to Kyle Williams in that slot wide receiver role. Two receivers that I was personally looking forward uh, to seeing much more of in preseason practices are senior uh, John Humphrey and uh, redshirt freshman uh, Jordan Porter. Both of them were hampered very, very early on in the preseason with with hamstring injuries. Uh, John Humphrey may return earlier than Jordan Porter, which may not be saying much because Jordan Porter right now is not scheduled to fully practice before Arizona state season opener on August 29th. So that uh, does on the one hand hurt the depth for Arizona state with uh, two players who are more experienced than players such as Andre Johnson and Enrique Paracel, for example, but time will tell if uh, one of them or both of them can, uh, be actually ready uh, for the season opener and really put in a good amount of practices before that date. Again, I would definitely count more on John Humphrey than uh, Jordan Porter to be in that position. But John Humphrey is somebody who much like Newsom has had a long history of injuries. And I'm curious to see if he's able to buck that trend and really able to uh, practice extensively before August 29th or the season opener find him where he's right now uh, being sidelined and again opening the door for younger wide receivers to have a chance to put their uh, skills on display the last player i'm going to talk about is ethan long and the reason i haven't talked about him in any of the previous position groups i discussed is that i don't know if really ethan long has a true position at this point on the offense and all for good reason uh, you can call him a quarterback, you can call him an h back, you can call him a fullback, you can call him a slot receiver. He's somebody that already has uh, shown up on the punt team, on the kickoff return team, uh, on the punt re- on the punt team. And yes, he also played uh, some quarterback. His original position that he was recruited for for Arizona State. Definitely one of the best stories to come out out of uh, Campton Arizona and really out of the whole string of preseason practices uh, to date. The ultimate teammate that has played pretty much every position on the field, including special teams, aside from defense, a position that a lot of people speculated that he might end up at if he was not playing at uh, quarterback. And sure enough, uh, we have not seen him there yet. I wouldn't be surprised if between now and the season opener, we do see him practice in some kind of capacity on that side of the ball. But Really, no matter where you put him on the field, he does his job and does his job well. And for a true freshman, that is even more impressive to have the so-called Swiss Army knife at your disposal. This young player has really earned the respect and the admiration of not only, his, not only the ASU fans, but of his teammates quite quickly. And again, I think that every role that they, they put Ethan Long in now to date, he is just really executing it very, very well. And you see his progression as a blocker, as a receiver. Again, no matter if it's offense, no matter if it's special teams, just improve each and every session. Uh, He's somebody that is up to around 225 pounds, so he can definitely successfully block a lot of the linebackers and certainly the the defensive backs uh, with, with his frame And look, I mean, they they call him Captain America, America, which uh, is uh, a term that's usually reserved to NFL great uh, quarterback Tom Brady. But uh, the way that he is playing uh, until now, I think that uh, that uh, moniker uh, may be well, well deserved. Again, it's really impossible as skeptical as an ASU fan or even a football fan in general that you may be to come away disappointed or tempered about Ethan Long. He is a player that generates genuine excitement, and I cannot wait to see what he's going to do for the ASU offense in uh, 2019. I think that better chances than not that he can be quite a headache to most of the defense that Arizona State is going to face this season. So now that we wrapped up our discussion about the Arizona State offense in uh, Camp Arizona let's move on to the defense. You're traveling down to the North Country Fair The winds sit heavy on the board In my opinion, the biggest question mark on the defense was Arizona State's defensive line. And just because of the mere fact that there were a lot of first-year players, players that didn't play all that much in the last year or two, that really needed to uh, step up to the plate and fast to, at least in my eyes, really diminish the apprehension that the defensive line did create back in the spring when only had three returning scholarship players available to practice back in February. Well, one of those players that did not practice in the spring, a player that coaches raved about quite a bit in the offseason as having high potential, is nose tackle DJ Davidson at 6'4 around 320, <clears throat> is obviously. The prototypical nose tackle that you want in a 3-3-5 defense occupying multiple blockers, really allowing the linebackers and at the time the defensive backs behind them to make plays. And I think that D.J. Davidson was able to really perform quite well so far in preseason practices. Granted, when we talk about the issues at the center position, I think D.J. Davidson was the uh, quote-unquote beneficiary of that situation right there, but nonetheless, that did not diminish from the fact that Arizona State has a nose tackle who I believe can perform just as at high as level that Rennell Wren did last year, and maybe even down the road exceed the capabilities of Arizona State's outgoing senior who was drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals in the NFL draft a couple months ago. George Lee is the most experienced player or experienced returning player, I should say uh, on this team. And I felt that uh, ever since he moved from nose to defensive end in the middle of the 2018 season, that he was able to really showcase his skills uh, that much better. Definitely one of the better pass rushers on the team. And especially on, especially on on the defensive line uh, when we watched them and one-on-one uh, pass rush drill like, against offensive linemen. He was definitely one of the standouts uh, on, on defense in, in that um, in that area. And somebody who I, I expect to have a pretty strong 2019 and really have his last campaign with the Sun Devils and on a very uh, high note. The player that I was probably looking forward to the most uh, seen develop from his freshman year to his sophomore is Jermaine uh, lowley He suffered a stinger pretty early in Campton, Arizona. So when the pads uh, came on, really want, we're not able to see uh, that much uh, from the sophomore. Uh, he is definitely quite the asset for, for this group uh, right now. Just painted an incomplete picture, if you will, of what he's able to bring to the table in 2019. I know he's supposed to return to practice on Monday, so uh, definitely curious to see uh, what what he can do uh, on a daily basis uh, at, at practice for the for Arizona State. Uh, other uh, defensive lineman that I felt uh, stood out uh, is graduate transfer uh, Row Wilkins. It definitely shows uh, his maturity, uh, being one one of the older players uh, on this team. Uh, somebody that uh, has definitely I, th- I thought uh, showed uh, pretty well. Michael Matus, the redshirt freshman at defensive end, uh, who I, th- I thought was able to show a lot of flashes in the spring, especially with the depleted numbers, uh, is uh, somebody that uh, did uh, catch my eye. I don't know if he uh, can reclaim his starting position at this point, but somebody that I think definitely has a great chance of establishing himself in the uh, two deep. Uh, for different reasons, uh, junior college transfer T.J. Pasafea, and true freshman, Stefan Wright uh, really have not been able uh, to show uh, that much because of their respective uh, conditioning issues. Uh, two players that I really think uh, need to make a push uh, pretty uh, quick over here in preseason practices to have a good uh, chance and establish themselves in the uh, two deep for Arizona State. Uh, Shannon Foreman who has been in a green non-contact jersey from the beginning of preseason practices as he recovers from off-season back surgery, is scheduled to join the team this week as a full participant and very curious to see the battle at nose tackle between him and DJ Davidson and really TJ Pasifaya for that matter. Overall, I think of the defensive line as a unit that may have started preseason practices on somewhat of a slower and unassuming note, uh, did get better and better each day at Campton Zona. I believe it was a Thursday over there where they had their best session with multiple passes knocked down and sacks. So I would say that my apprehension level concerning this unit has diminished some so far in the preseason. I think that they will be the less dominant group compared to the linebackers and the defensive backs. But really, they just need to perform at high enough of a level so they can allow those two aforementioned units to really perform at the high level that we're expecting from them. And speaking of that, moving on to the linebackers, uh, I think definitely a strong performance by and large uh, from this group. Some of the usual suspects like Merlin Robinson and Darren Butler... Definitely each has some strong sessions up there in Campton Arizona. I think the move uh, switching positions between the two, Merlin Robinson now moving to the middle linebacker, Darren Butler moving to outside linebacker, has overall been a successful transition uh, for both. Uh, Merlin Robinson was slowed with, with a hamstring injury, and I felt that, especially the preseason practices in Tempe, was very uh, unassuming in his performance. And granted, the pads uh, did not come on until uh, Tuesday at Campton Azona. but once they did, and even though the practices after that were mostly in shells, uh, I felt that we saw the true Merlin Robinson uh, notching sacks, notching uh, notching tackles for loss, and feeling uh, very comfortable at that middle linebacker position. Linebacker Kyle Soley is an example of one player who took full advantage of the absence of... Of the two other players that were ahead of him in the depth chart, and Kalen kirst Thomas, who had a hamstring injury midway through Campton, Arizona, and was held out of team segments. Uh, sophomore Tyler Johnson, who missed five weeks of the offseason strength and conditioning program, is still trying to get back into shape. The sophomore put on more than 20 pounds, right now standing at around 230, and is able to add a, a much more physical element. To his game, and I thought that was playing really, really well at at outside linebacker. If I recall, he's someone who both defensive coordinator Danny Gonzalez and linebackers coach Antonio Pierce have been raving on about, I'm sorry, quite a bit last season. It's a deep linebackers group. It's really hard to find your niche in this unit, but uh, Kyle Sole is, I think, giving the coaches a really good headache. Uh, maybe to consider playing at first team if Chris Thomas and or Kyler Johnson are slow to th- to get back into form. It's not something I would etch in stone at all, but uh, Kyle Soley at worst has been proven to be a very, very dependable backup for Arizona State. Two walk-ons that really impressed at, at-, at Campton and really through the entire preseason are Case Hatch and Fritzny Niklaus. Hatch was a standout at Gilbert Perry before serving a two-year LDS mission, and Niklaus was a standout player at Queen Creek High School. Danny Gonzalez joked that uh, he never saw a player come back from an LDS mission as much in shape as Case Hatch, who did uh, practice with the team in the spring and really gave us a preview of what he's doing these days right now in preseason practices Absolute solid at 6'1", 226, a very dependable backup at middle linebacker to Merlin Robertson and someone who has been very impressive not only among the walk-ons on this team but also among the freshman players for the Sun Devils. Really has that ideal speed and strength combination. Definitely when you look at the major hits that was relayed in Campton Zona. Case Hatch was involved in a good deal of them. When you speak of big hits, uh, Niklaus definitely had the biggest hit of them all in Saturday's concluding practice at Campton Zona, delivering a big blow to wide receiver Andre Johnson in the slant route, a play that Niklaus sniffed out perfectly. And I was told by a team source that among all the linebackers, he is the most error-free player of the group. So he is another walk on freshman that I expect to skip a redshirt year. Somebody that has a great, great chance of being involved in the two deep at linebacker. Granted, you have Tyler Johnson that eventually is going to come back in a couple weeks. You we have Stanley Lambert who's recovering from a serious knee injury, suffered in December, and should be a full participant sometime later this week. He did do some work in seven-on-sevens in Campton, Arizona. So the linebacker group, as you probably expected, is one that has no shortage of talent there and definitely one of the more exciting units on this entire Arizona State team. And the word excitement is definitely applicable to the defensive backs unit as well. I feel that maybe not so much in regards to the starters, which don't get me wrong, by and large, played very well, but the reserve players, the newcomers, I think are the ones who really caught everybody's eye with how well uh, they played in some cases. Maybe surprising to see a lot of inexperienced players already perform at such a high level in the early stages of preseason practices. The biggest position battle by far in the Arizona State defensive backfield is at the Tillman safety position between Tyler Wiley, who is the presumed starter at this position, and Evan Fields. Tyler Wiley, if you recall, had an outstanding fall camp that was cut short due to a serious ankle injury, an injury that sidelined him for the entire of 2018, and only had him a full full participant in spring practice at the latter stages of those off-season sessions. Evan Fields is somebody who some expected to assume the starting role at Tillman after Wiley succumbed to that serious injury. But if you made a list of players that really had a hard time transitioning from the Phil Bennett defense in 2017 to Danny Gonzalez's defense in 2018, Evan Fields would definitely be at the top of that list. After Wiley was rolled out for the year Fields was expected to be the prime candidate to assume the starting duty at Tillman safety that never materialized. Jalen Harvey, the outgoing senior was able to make a successful transition from wide receiver to safety and be the starting Tillman position for nearly the entire season. And Evan Fields was coming into 2019 in a tough position again, losing out to Wiley, but, Ali suffered flu-like symptoms during Camp Tanazona, and when Evan Fields stepped into the starting role, he played really, really well. The Tillman safety position is one where your ability to read the offense correctly, react quickly, have a high football IQ, absolutely paramount, those are skills that I don't feel Evan Fields had at the level that he has these days, and that definitely showed in his play in Campton Arizona, especially on Wednesday, I thought he was an absolutely exceptional uh, in the way he read the plays, the ferocity of his tackles, showing great closing speed. And overall, I don't think Evan Fields has ever played better or practiced better in his entire ASU career as he did last week in Campton Zona. Tyler Wiley did eventually come back to practice, did play uh, in the sec- on the second team behind Evan Fields. And Danny Gonzalez said during Camtana Zona that there's definitely a strong and tight competition between the two. So you talk about a position that a lot of people felt was just locked and loaded with Tyler Wiley being the starter is now wide open in the next week or two are really going to determine quite a bit as to who's going to win that starting position battle. Will it be... Tyler Wiley, who was again almost a borderline no-brainer to start at Tillman, or will it be uh, an unlikely Evan Fields uh, coming back from his reserve position and really materializing the the vast potential that he arrived in Tempe a few years ago? Length and speed is what the Arizona State coaches wanted to achieve in the 2019 draft and. Safety, Kiwan Markham definitely fits the bill in terms of those measurables. But it's one thing to be the perfect combination of speed and size, the other to actually play well, especially as a true freshman in your first ever fall camp on the college level. And Kewan Markham has definitely shown that, had multiple interceptions in, in Camp Zona. A player who's very very rangy uh, does does a great job uh, whether it's supporting in the run game with a pretty stout uh, 6one hundred eighty nine pound frame uh, if he needs to chase down uh, receivers coming out of the backfield or, or even just or even just wide receivers uh, running routes uh, he is definitely capable with his athleticism to be very very effective in that area uh, I think that maybe. Less of a surprise compared to other players that are are newcomers in in this position, but nonetheless uh, really, really impressed with with what I saw from him, and he's another player that to me is a pretty much no-brainer to skip a redshirt year in 2019. Truth be told that before preseason practices, I thought that Willie Hartz may have been the biggest steal of the 2019 class for Arizona State and the safety from Northern California has definitely made me look good with that prediction. A little on the slider size compared to Markham at uh, six feet even, 162 pounds. But his athleticism, again, like Markham, uh, great, great closing speed, able to cover a lot a lot of area. I felt that was really, really impressed with what he was able to do in Camtana Zona. In terms of tackling... On the one hand, he's not afraid to mix it up. On the other hand, there's only so much he can do with a six-foot, even 162-pound frame. So for him to get as strong as he can throughout the season, because I don't know if he'll be able to do that much before the season opener at this point, will be paramount. But in terms of being a capable backup safety, I definitely feel that the potential is there. And I've been really, really impressed with what I've seen from Willie Hartz, and he's just one more reason, along with a player like Markham, why the future of Arizona State's defensive backfield is very, very bright. Last day at cornerback, Jordan Clark, a four-star prospect out of high school, somebody who came highly touted, a very strong football IQ, obviously has great bloodlines, being the son of all-pro Ryan Clark, and someone who is not the... Tallest of cornerbacks, but definitely utilizes his frame along with his knowledge of the game quite well. And he's a player that I really didn't expect to redshirt coming into 2019 season, and I would definitely still hold that position to be true right now, midway through preseason practices. He's definitely going to have a battle with um, other uh, freshmen and other newcomers uh, to the team. So that's definitely interesting development. To follow the next uh, couple weeks, but I think early on in preseason practices, he really came, at least in my opinion, as advertised and be one of the better cornerbacks on the team. A player that was expected to do a lot in the spring after being named defensive MVP of the scout team and really didn't show much then, didn't show much for the most part of preseason practices, is Baylor transferred to Marcus Davis. But to his credit, when he came back as a full participant of practice, he came back in a big, big way. His biggest play actually may have been on special teams, coming off the edge to blocking a field goal attempt. But it seemed like every team segment, he was good for at least one pass defended or more. And I think he is definitely one more player that gives the coaches that, quote unquote, healthy headache as to who is going to be in the two deep at cornerback Definitely had very strong sessions in the last uh, few days and looks like he may have turned the corner again after a very disappointing spring and a very unassuming start to preseason practices. So definitely one player that you want to keep your eye on as ASU approaches the end of its preseason practices in the upcoming weeks. Last segment of the podcast, wanted to offer some of my predictions in terms of newcomers that I believe have a good chance or a very good chance to skip a redshirt year in 2019, talk about Arizona State's to-do list, and look at my preseason prediction for the win-loss record for Arizona State this season to see if anything I saw in the last week or so has changed my mind in that regard. This is definitely the time of year where the most popular questions I get from my premium subscribers is which freshmen, in my opinion, are a lock or a near lock to avoid a retro year. And even though, as we know, the new rule has been enacted where a player can play up to four games and still be able to redshirt this year, but there are definitely more than a handful of players that I see are going to play much more than four games and thus will not redshirt in 2019. Some of these players I mentioned earlier are standouts in camp, but safety Willie Hartz, obviously starting quarterback Jaden Daniels, quarterback slash wide receiver slash fullback slash special teams player Ethan Long, wide receiver Jordan Curley, safety K. Martinham, Quarterback Joe Yellen with the caveat that he will only skip a wretched year if Dillian... Sterling Cole transfers, which at this point we do not know yet to be true or not. Next on the list, linebacker Case Hatch, tight end Nolan Matthews, and Fritzley Niklis, the walk-on linebacker. Next, as far as true freshmen that I'm kind of on the fence, whether they play four games or less or actually play more than that and thus skip a redshirt year, those players are cornerback Jordan Clark, I feel that he will battle with Tamarcus Davis and others for a position on the two deep. So I'm just kind of on defense whether he will or will not be able to skip a redshirt year or actually redshirt. Linebacker Elijah Juarez, another uh, blue shirt on this team. There's a lot of depth of linebacker right now. He was injured part of... Campton Arizona, so it's hard to get a really true read on him. But I think that uh, he definitely has a good chance, perhaps not to redshirt, but that would be probably more in a special a special teams capacity. Uh, another player that, as a walk-on, played a lot on special teams, even returned some kicks. His defensive back, uh, Nick Nick Johnson. So those are three players that may have a chance to join the first nine true freshmen that I mention and uh, play more than four games and not have 2019 count as a redshirt year. So if I'm looking at, at the to-do list for Arizona State for the next couple of weeks as they conclude their preseason preparations, I'll start with the offense. I don't know if there's really so much of a quarterback wide receiver chemistry that Jenny Daniels has to engage with his aerial targets, uh, obviously he took a lot of first-team reps uh, in the preseason, so I think a lot of the uh, familiarity between him and his wide wide receivers and his running backs and his tight ends is really already there. So really just trying to have him be as comfortable as possible in the starting position. His personality really lends itself for being very cool and collected a very poised and mature young man beyond his years. So maybe that's a item on the to-do list that is easier to achieve compared to others. I'm going to mention in a minute, but all in all, uh, really the coaching staff, now that they established a starter at quarterback just to make sure that he's able to handle everything that comes with it. And I think there's been already quite a, quite a bit of hoopla around him, but that is definitely a factor that's going to increase that much more now that he's officially the starter. Running back, as we mentioned, trying to find that true capable backup to Eno Benjamin, a backup running back that the coaching staff would feel very comfortable in decreasing the workload for Eno Benjamin, but not decreasing the output of the running game. At wide receiver, really developing the depth Behind the three starters, as we mentioned, injuries are really hurting Arizona State here with John Humphrey out for maybe another week or so, and how quickly he can come back into the thick of things still remains to be seen. Uh, Jordan Porter, like we said, good chance he's going to miss the next few weeks. How much does that help a player like uh, Andre Johnson really establish himself in the two deep? Uh, That's going to be interesting uh, to follow. And uh, at offensive line, is uh, Kate Coté going to be uh, the starting center, thus having Roy Hemsley as a right guard? How does this unit of all seniors really functions? Uh, can it really play up to the capabilities you expect an all-senior offensive line to perform at? Is Cole Cabral able to really play that much better left tackle now in 2019 than they did in 2017? Those are some uh, burning questions for the offensive line that I, that obviously will affect the entire offensive production uh, for the Sun Devils. Moving to the other side of the ball on defense, uh, would still like to see the defensive line really come to its own. Uh, Jermaine lowley obviously being out with injury does paint somewhat of an incomplete picture here. Shannon Foreman with his own injury being held out of practice doesn't really help the clarity of this unit, but both players are expected to be fully participating in practice as early as Monday, so we can get a better idea of what this defensive line is going to look, at, look like. I'm really curious to see the pass rushing aspect of this unit. Does it really improve over what we saw for most of the preseason practices? Uh, that is definitely an important uh, important storyline to follow. Uh, at linebacker, like I said, a really healthy competition there at outside linebacker between two players that have been held out of practice for a various amount of times, Kellen Chris Thomas and Ty Johnson, and then between them and, and Kyle Soleil, who really had for the most part a strong uh, camp in Arizona. How does that position battle all shape out? I mean, some will say that Chris Thomas is probably a lock. To beat uh, the other two players. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily argue against that, but uh, it's still uh, going to be incumbent on Chris Thomas to uh, outperform those two players. And uh, at defensive back, uh, all the starter positions are pretty established aside from the battle at Tilma Safety between Evan Fields and Tyler Wiley, as I mentioned. Uh, Tyler Wiley, who was the uh, presumed starter Has missed some time uh, due to illness, and that allowed Evan Fields not only to take first team reps, but really play the best he has since he arrived in Tempe. So you want to uh, figure out an established starter at perhaps the most important position on defense well before the season opener, and you just wonder if one player gets the benefit of the doubt over the other, so to speak. So, on to the final item. Do I change my preseason prediction of seven and five, third place finish in the Pac-12 South, based on what I saw in Camp Arizona? And my answer would be no. I would say first and foremost, in terms of this having a true freshman starter quarterback, there's no doubt in my mind that Jaden Daniels won this battle rightfully. He is definitely not the lesser of all evils. He's definitely not getting the nod just because he is the freshman and Herm Edwards has been pretty adamant that he was going to start a true freshman quarterback in 2019. I just feel that history history would tell you that any offense led by a true freshman quarterback at the Power 5 level is definitely going to have his own trials and tribulations, his learning curve that he needs to go through. And I don't know if Jaden Dennis would be immune to that trend that has been pretty consistent in college football in recent decades uh, granted you also have the question at running back how much of a workload is you know, benjamin going to have to carry and if he carries a lesser workload how does that affect the ground attack in general and again when you look at the defense defensive line did show some promising signs but i think those promising signs have been somewhat limited and i want to see a lot more from that unit as of as preseason practices progress, but right now I don't know if just based on that unit itself can I see a better record for Arizona State. I love what the Sun Devils have at linebacker and defensive backfield, but any football novice knows that if you're gonna have an average defensive line that is adversely going to affect the rest of the defense. And right now, I don't know if this defensive line has really shown a whole lot that they could be above average. That definitely could change over the next two weeks, but again, I can only talk about what I see right here, right now, as of August 11th. I think what definitely stands in Arizona State's favor is that they do have seven home games, that most of their challenging games overall in this 2019 season do take place at home. Really on the road, two games that I think fans may rightfully be apprehensive of, are at Utah, at Michigan State. The game at Cal is a matchup that I do not like because of the Golden Bears' defensive capabilities. Maybe I changed my mind as we get to that late September date, but right now uh, that's a matchup that I feel can be uh, quite the landmine for Arizona State. But overall, I don't think this team is going to regress much, if at all, from last year. The question is how much of a step forward can they manage? And right now, I think uh, the jury is definitely still out. So right now, I will still stick for, to my 7-5 and five overall regular season record and a third-place finish in the Pac-12 South. So that'll wrap it up for this week's episode of the Devil Junkies podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard tonight from me and would like to hear or read more of it, I would definitely encourage you to subscribe to my website, devilsdigest.com. Right now, we have the best subscriber promotion of the year this promotion is so good that it's basically going to pay for itself what i mean by that if you sign up under this promotion not only do you get 25 percent off your first year subscription but you also get a 75 dollars e-card to the adidas store and this e-card has no expiration date so whether you want to get your asu gear in time for the season kickoff or you just want to keep it for a later date maybe for the holiday season you can definitely uh, do that as long as you sign up under this full Camp subscription promotion. We have a link at the end of the Jaden Daniels article that we have on our front page right now, so make sure you take advantage of that. Enjoy all the inside news that I provide about Sun Devil football year-round, and become a member of our premium message board, Devil's Huddle. Always good discussion going on there among your fellow Sun Devil fans. So until next time, enjoy the rest of the week, and thanks for tuning in the devil's junkies podcast i was living in a devil town
1: i didn't
0: know it was a devil town oh lord it really brings me down about the devil town